Hello, my wonderful friend. Welcome to freedom. Welcome to a space of belonging. This is the Ash and Ivy Show. My name is Riley, and I'm totally geeking out to be here with you. I am challenging you to know your identity, find God's voice in your story, and give your life as a gift to the world. You have a voice and a message that only you can give. So let's do the divine work and make God visible through our lives and be in awe of what life is all about. Good morning, Deanna. Good morning, Riley. How are you doing? So happy to have you here. Oh, thank you. I've talked to a lot of women about having you on the show and Mm -hmm. um, just about health and knowing your body and that kind of thing. And everyone is so eager to listen. Mm. So it's interesting to me. It, It feels like there's so much unknown in this space about women's health, Mm -hmm. but everyone, and to be honest, it kind of feels like I, okay. Well, first confession is I don't talk about my health very well or very much. And, um, I felt a little bit isolated in that, Mm -hmm. but I find that really a lot of people, I think don't feel very educated in this area. And so I think we're all really excited to have you. Mm-hmm. So last, I think the week before you come on, we're going to have on a nurse. Her name is Brianne. And she talks about kind of optimizing your monthly cycle with energy and how to use your time. And so I know that this Ash and Ivy space isn't really typically about women's health necessarily, but it is about showing up for, with your whole self, you know, mm-hmm. and I think like following your page, I find that that that's the heart that I hear behind what you're telling us is to show up, you know, your, as your best self, you have to consider the whole thing and you have to look at your entire body, your life. And, um, and I do think like when we are willing to face the truth of our story or the truth of our life, we also have to heal all parts of ourselves. Absolutely. You agree with that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just the, you know, layers of nutrition and mind health and body health, it just all kind of goes together. And so tell yeah. me your heart about that and kind of what you plan on talking to us about today. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's so all connected and that's what I think is missing from conventional healthcare medicine is everything is so fragmented. Everybody kind of stays in their lane and then no one really talks about um, other aspects of people's lives, like their stress level, their lifestyle, their connection to spirituality. If they have support system, like if you think back to your, your typical doctor's visits, those aren't always things that are brought up. Um, and discussed. And it, it, I really believe that all of those things impact your health and how you're showing up in your body um, or not showing up for yourself, how your body presents itself with different symptoms. And so it's so important. Um, and a lot of times I find it's like, it's also change is difficult. So sometimes I find a lot of women that come to me, they kind of know that there are certain things that maybe they're not doing, um, you know, the best for themselves. Maybe they, they say, I, I don't think my diet is so great, but it's just so hard to, to make the change, or I don't really know where to start, or it feels so overwhelming. And so I really focus on supporting them too, and really getting 
uncovering the layers of what's really blocking them from making those changes. Yeah. So it, it's, it's like so a much more complicated than yeah. just drink your water. Exactly. Cause yeah. I can tell you all the things to do and you might be like, yeah, yeah, that <laughs> yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. really great. <laughs> right. And then it's like, okay, you're plopped back into real life and the different things that are going on. And you kind of go back into habits that you've been doing and then it, it feels daunting. So, um, right. I really help women through that process as well. So we can truly make changes. Yeah. Well, introduce yourself, tell us exactly yeah. who you are and what you do, <laughs> and then we'll get back into it. Yeah. So I'm Deanna Tikhanov and I am a woman's health nurse practitioner. I have my own practice that I just opened up a few months ago, a really exciting women's holistic wellness. I'm over in New Jersey, but I do offer also virtual visits. I do concierge home visits and also in the office. And I follow a more functional medicine approach. So really getting to the root cause of what's going on for somebody um, rather than just kind of, this is the the symptom, here's medication, bye. Like, no, I wanna really get to why is this happening for you and how can we support the body so that these symptoms resolve uh, diminish or, you know, completely go away. So, um, that is what I do now. Um, but my, my journey in getting there was, um, it's, it's been a while, you know, so I started off as a nurse, um, over 10 years, 10 years ago now, um, working in the hospital, with like really some of the sickest people, um, all different, all different things. Thinking back to that time, it sounds, seems like a lifetime ago. Um, <laughs> And I always knew I wanted to do women's health though. So I I quickly kind of went back to school for my master's and specialized in women's health to become an an NP. Um, For those who are not familiar with the nurse practitioner, we could do pretty much all the things a doctor could do with the exception of surgery. And I don't deliver babies, but I can prescribe, diagnose, treat, you know, and you probably may have even seen an NP at some point. A lot of them are working in in offices now, but sometimes people don't know. People still confuse me or refer to me as a doctor, even after I introduce myself. So it's, you know, it's a common um, thing that that you could be exposed to and not really realize it. So um, I've been in traditional OBGYN for years and through kind of my own health journey of going through different health issues that I was experiencing and kind of getting nowhere, like seeing all these different specialists and putting, getting put on really high doses of medications. You know, I was, I dealt with chronic migraines and I was put on seizure medications and having terrible side effects and just feeling like I was getting kind of thrown around and wondering like, why, why isn't, anyone really getting to the bottom of this. Like, I don't want to keep just taking medication. Is anybody paying attention? (laughs) Right. And then kind of parallel at the same time, I was seeing women in the office and finding that a lot of women were coming in for like the same stuff over and over again. And I was kind of feeling defeated. Like, I really want to help you. I don't want you to just have to come back every other month for the same concern and kind of feeling like I was at a loss of like, all right, I I feel like I need to start shifting. And so it started really with more myself of of looking at um, how I was showing up for myself, which is pretty crappy. (laughs) I did not put myself first at all. Um, I barely drink any water, hated vegetables, like (laughs) just, you know, didn't really have a good, um, I I think that was the beginning of me starting to do yoga. I am now a certified yoga teacher. So like that journey, it just like 
learning it at that, that time um, was, was helpful because it, it started giving me an outlet to reduce the stress. And that's a huge part of all of this, you know, like I know we hear like stress isn't good for us, but truly like on a cellular level, it really impacts. It's detrimental. It well, is. what I yeah. hear you saying, like feels so typical. Mm-hmm. It feels like that's just life. It's kind of the expectation Earlier, we mentioned like common versus normal, and Mm -hmm. it's common to live stressed out and not care for yourself and just get by or just do your best or right. Right. I mean, the it's not like you were less than or hurting yourself on purpose. You were just kind of living your life without being intentional about caring for your body. Exactly. And I don't even, we don't even know how we're hurting ourselves. Right. And then you add in the fact that I find that people almost bond over the stress or like, oh yeah, I haven't eaten all day. And you know, whether it's at work or or something and it's like, so that normalizes it more in our minds to think like, oh, well, you know, everybody's going through this, you know, this is just, I can get through this. (laughs) Yeah. You're almost not normal if you don't like stress and say, oh, I have so much anxiety. And it's such a trendy thing to glamorize your anxiety. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So going through that, um, and then starting to get really, you know, it's hard to look at your, the choices that you're making and how you're showing up for yourself and to really get clear on like, where can you show up better? And so, um, I kind of hit a rock bottom of like, I just got so fed up with feeling the way I was feeling that I started to look at my lifestyle and the foods that I was eating and learn more about it. And that really opened up a whole door of like, wow, there's so much more that we can be doing that doesn't have any side effects and actually, you know, doesn't have to be crazy uh, amounts of money to pour into yourself, to care for yourself and prevent things from happening through your life. You know, we don't really look at it in that way. Our, our healthcare system is so much more focused on, you know, we have a problem, we diagnose it, we treat it and that's it. But why don't we help prevent that problem from even happening? So that's really become my shift of, of doing that for others and, and for myself kind of going through my own healing journey. And I just knew I had to morph it together and no longer have the separation because it just wasn't aligning with me anymore to work in a really burnt out place mm-hmm. <laughs> where, you know, unfortunately I think a lot of healthcare um, people could, could resonate with this, that it, it's just, it's a lot. And then you add in this pandemic and um, it's just that, that self-care for providers is totally not promoted at all. So, yeah, that doesn't really make sense. If I'm caring for, for others, I want to make sure I'm, I'm leading by example. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a little bit about my story. <laughs> wow. Well, it sounds like you put in the work and have come a long way and have a lot to offer. So what, um, what are you going to be talking to us about today? And what could you share with us? Yeah, yeah. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about um, the different foods that could be really beneficial throughout your menstrual cycle to really eat for your cycle. So, you know, most of us just maybe unintentionally eat, you know, whatever we can throughout the month. And with our menstrual cycle, there are so many different hormonal changes that are happening within the body each week, pretty much. And so, eating in a way that you're supporting each phase of the cycle can really help you feel your best within your cycle. And it's just these small little 
modifications and being intentional that can really make the difference to help balance your hormones, help things like reducing PMS symptoms, helping with your cycles. So maybe they're less painful and shorter with time. This isn't a magic wand that you eat this one food and you're going to, you know, be <laughs> cured, but with consistency and starting to be aware, it can really make the difference. And so, I mean, that's kind of that common versus normal thing too, right? Mm-hmm. Like learning what is intended versus what we tolerate brings a lot yes. of freedom. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is that it has become so normalized that women just suffer every month around their period, whether they have really bad PMS symptoms. Oh, well, that's normal. My mom had it. My sister had it. Whoever had it. It's just, it's like, oh, this is just a part of the deal. And it's totally not, that's not normal. That is your body's way of saying that something is off. Um, your period is actually your considered your sixth vital sign. And so when when you're experiencing problems with that, then that's letting the body know that something is off. But a lot of times, right in our society, it just kind of looked at as, oh, well, you know, that's, that's normal. You know, it's part of being a woman. That's the, you know, the yeah, phrase. The curse. Yeah. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. It's so fascinating. I literally had no idea <laughs> that there were, I guess, what, four phases through mm-hmm. the month and mm-hmm just, I mean, just being educated in it brings so much respect for your body, so much mm-hmm. admiration. And, um, also it's just so functional. I mean, you can be in awe of how you are designed and yeah, it's pretty cool. Honestly, it is. <laughs> it is when you start getting really aware too, of the different changes beyond just your period, right? Cause people seem to be familiar with that piece and maybe a little bit before, but to really understand like what's actually going on and, and how you're meant to feel, it could be very helpful. Yeah. And I just find with any topic, but I mean, obviously this one, just knowledge is brings so much freedom, mm-hmm. you know, just knowing the truth and knowing more about it. It's kind of the reason I, you know, wanted you to come on, because like I said, I know that we're not, you know, Ashton Ivy is not a, a wellness or a health specifically a health podcast or place, but also it's just so important. Like the truth doesn't just have to be, you know, gospel truth. Mm-hmm. It can be just this idea of knowing our story, knowing what feeds our, our future, what feeds our life, what brings wellness and you know, best. And you mentioned the stress. I feel like that is top of the list of people's, um, things that they expect, you know, well, I'm just stressed. My life is chaotic and Mm -hmm. there's nothing I can do about it. Mm -hmm. So you, um, talk about functional health, Mm -hmm. right. And then hormone support. Mm -hmm. And so give us, um, I think that's kind of what you've been talking about this whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't, I'm not familiar with, I guess, hormone support or is that kind of what you mean? Give us an overview of what that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, functional medicine is looking at the root cause of what's going on and you can apply functional medicine to every part of your body. And truly, you know, when I work with women, we are kind of looking at every part of our body because our hormones there's kind of this misconception too, that hormones are only involved with reproduction and your periods, but hormones are actually happening involved in every part of your body every day, all the time. So as an example, insulin 
is a hormone and insulin is job is to help stabilize your blood sugar. So when you eat food, your insulin is released to do that. And so many times people are only thinking about insulin if they have diabetes, otherwise they're not really, you know, no one's talking about that, but that actually is super important. Um, when we're talking about our overall hormonal health and things like dealing with managing period problems, fertility, even menopausal transition, all of that, it really starts with, um, the two top hormones, which are insulin and cortisol, which is our stress hormone, which is pretty much firing off for most people way more than it's supposed to almost at this chronic low level. So imagine like background noise of this, just buzzing of like this stress level within the body. That's kind of always there. And you, you don't even really realize it. <laughs> and so what that's doing is over time having imbalances. So as an example of an imbalance of insulin is because most of us eat in a way where we're skipping meals for long periods of time, just kind of go, go, go from one thing to the next, not really eating correctly. Um, our insulin levels are staying very low. And then when we eat, it spikes up and then it crashes. And that's also not so great in the body. So when those two things are happening, cortisol is kind of firing off at a higher level and your insulin is going up and down very sporadically that starts influencing the rest of the hormones in the body, your thyroid, your estrogen, your progesterone, your testosterone, and all of those hormones are involved in other parts of the body, your weight, your energy, your, how your periods are, if they're heavy or light, um, even influencing things like fibroids or endometriosis, um, fertility, of course. And so, um, you know, working really backwards is how I, I work, right? So we have to kind of figure out if somebody comes to me with um, really heavy, painful cycles, well, let's work backwards and see where what's happening and whether it's something medications that you're taking that could be creating inflammation. Maybe they, I end up finding out they have an extremely stressful um, life circumstances right now. And we have to get a little bit um, more support there. You know, I can't wave a magic wand and make people's stress go away, but I find that sometimes helping give them the tools and the permission that they are worthy and they need to care for themselves um, really helps to transition that so we can reduce those cortisol levels. So see, we kind of work backwards. And when we, when we focus on getting those top two hormones in a better balance, it starts trickling down into the rest of them. And then you wow. add in things too, like gut health, which is also very crucial. I kind of skipped that piece a little bit, but our gut health is very, very much um, involved with our hormones as well. And that's another piece that's influenced by stress, by medications, even over the counter stuff that you can think is harmless, like taking Advil, Motrin all the time, antibiotic use, all that starts impacting your gut and changing the microbiome of your gut, so the healthy bacteria that's supposed to be there. And then that can impact how your hormones are um, produced in the body, how they're eliminated from the body, and that can turn into a hormonal imbalance for people. It's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. I'm just so interested. I mean, so you offer telehealth. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what would that look like for, I mean, we would just talk like this on zoom or something and yeah. Yeah. Do you start with just listening to someone's story and. Yep. 
Yeah. So we um, do a 90 minute Zoom call and I have them fill out a, a very um, thorough functional medicine questionnaire. So when I say functional medicine, it's just because we're looking at so many different aspects of the body and not just your standard form that maybe you're used to filling out at the doctor's mm-hmm. office, you know, and I've had people come to me and say, wow, that was, I really like that. Like no one's ever asked me that before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just more questions about your gut health and how do you feel after you eat a meal? Like, do you feel bloated? You know, sometimes this is a, uh, this is a good opportunity too, for people to really think about how they feel because right. so often we're unless someone them. asks you, you're not right. going to give it, acknowledge it. Right, right. So it could bring that awareness up. So starting that questionnaire first um, helps to bring the awareness for themselves, then I review that. So I already have a a good background of what's going on. And we go through that as they tell me their story, their concerns, and we really start from the moment they were born to now. (laughs) Yeah, because it actually matters, you know, so I want to know what were the circumstances around their birth? Were there complications around the birth? How is their mother's health? Um, because that all impacts the, on a cellular level, like their own, their own journey, um, health-wise and, you know, their DNA, their genetic um, composition. I mean, it, it all is impacted. So, yeah, we actually start from there to, to learn, you know, that and what were, you know, their childhood circumstances as far as trauma and stressful situations, just to kind of tie everything together and see. And many times too, um, as we kind of go through everything and if it's, yeah, it starts, that's kind of the timeline. And then we're kind of targeting different body systems as we're going through and see where, where things are maybe off or they have concerns. And many times I find we get to like, there's a point in their life where something, a lot of stuff happens kind of all at once. And then it's like, since that point, they've had health issues and, you know, it may not be until we're really talking about it, flushing it out that it's like, Oh, wait a second. Yeah. Like I, I, that was a really tough year of a lot of changes, a lot of transitions. And so piecing that together and, and seeing where, you know, the body now started to communicate in ways I always say symptoms are your body's way of communicating with us. Right. And it's our, whether we choose to listen or not is, is really (laughs) going to make the difference of, are we going to start to feel better? Are we going to continue to ignore until your body usually yells at you and you hit this like rock bottom moment of, you know, some people it's ending up in the hospital or having like a panic attack at work. And then like, wait a second, you know, we gotta, gotta pause here. Pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I mean, it's so much more than going to the doctor. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. So then we get really, um, once I get gather all of that, and their story. And then we determine um, based on what, whatever their concerns are. So again, it doesn't always have to be um, period problems. It could be a concern with their thyroid. It could be that they feel tired all the time. Oh my gosh. I have most of my women, the women that I see have that as one of their concerns, exhaustion, exhaustion, constantly feeling tired, no matter how much they sleep or they wake up in the morning, they don't feel rested at all. Um, so that's a very common one difficulty losing weight. So all different um, concerns, women that are going through the menopausal transition and like suffering with hot flashes, like crazy. Again, that's another thing. It's common, but it's not normal to experience it to that degree where it's impacting your ability to sleep and function. So once we kind of figure out 
what um, through their through their whole story and what their concerns are, then I'm able to recommend what testing should be done, whether that's blood work or specialized functional medicine tests. So, you know, it goes beyond just the standard blood test that you would get done at your doctor's office. Um, there's different um, urine tests, um, something called the Dutch test, which is really helpful to get clear on how your hormones are really working in the body. Um, gut health tests sometimes it all depends on what's going on for them. Um, and then and we create um, a plan together of what are kind of the next steps, their personalized protocol of how we're going to start getting to a better place for them. So they're feeling better in their body and not experiencing those symptoms all the time. And usually in that time frame, they get their testing done and we meet in about a month to review their testing and kind of do a check-in to see, you know, how are things going? What's been working in this protocol? What hasn't? Because again, change is hard. So <laughs> I acknowledge that. And I'm also there, you know, for, for support, they can message me through a patient portal. So if they have questions that come up, they're not, they're feeling off with something, they can always reach out. You know, it's not like calling your office. I mean, I can't tell you how often this has happened to me myself. Like you can't even get in touch with your, your doctor yeah. or provider. It's a call center. It's a million phone prompts. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I just want to speak to somebody. So, you know, I take all of that out of it um, to make it really personalized. And I keep, I'm in it, I'm planning to keep this small because I want to make sure I'm giving everyone really highly individualized care. So this isn't going to be like nothing like your standard office visit because I'm not going to be rushed and have that time for you. So yeah, whether it's virtual or in person, it's, it's always a 90 minute initial. Well, what a brave adventure. <laughs> I mean, just such a gift that you're offering people. I'm just their, just the time and creating the space for them to talk about themselves probably mm -hmm. brings so much <laughs> healing just in that initial consult. Mm -hmm. Like that's amazing. I bet. I mean, I bet that launches them into so much healing, just having that space to talk. Yeah. 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 Thank you. I know. I, I really, it, I feel it and, and it, it, it feels good for me to, be there and feel like I can fully pour into them and be present for, for their story. Um, and you know, it's, it's amazing the comfort level that I can witness because they share so much with me. And sometimes I, you know, just met them you know, yeah. prior. Listen, so, I know yeah. I, <laughs> listen, I told you at the beginning, I am not, I don't pay attention to my body. I am the worst. <laughs> and so uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went to CVS minute clinic. Cause that's as much doctoring as I get <laughs> terrible. I know. Oh, um, <laughs> the lady, like, I was like, yes, I'm having like, you know, a little sore throat and this and this. And I was like, and this, and I'm crazy. And she's like, uh, this is just CVS minute clinic. Maybe I need a doctor. <laughs> Maybe I need Deanna. <laughs> let's talk about, let's keep this, um, short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm sorry. My throat hurts. <laughs> Real bad. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. I left there going, oh my gosh, Riley, be quiet. <laughs> so anyway, I think we could all benefit from some time with you. <laughs> okay. Well, I know, um, that was extra. It's just <laughs> so fascinating. I wanted to know, I want to know all of it. Um, but let's jump into the nutrition. Um, and I'm excited to learn that too. 
Yeah, yeah. So we'll start off with the menstrual phase, right? So day one of your period is day one of your cycle. That's if, if anyone's not familiar, that's how you would start counting um, the days of your cycle. So typically, right, um, average period is seven, seven to 10 days would be pushing it. But I would say anything beyond that would be a little bit concerning. And again, don't normalize that. Um, but let's just say on average, uh, periods are about seven days. And so during this time of your menstrual cycle, the menstrual phase is what it's called. Um, you want to really be eating more warming foods. So soups and stews and warming spices like turmeric, um, things like carrots, mushrooms, berries, leafy greens. So um, a lot of leafy greens is really, really great. And, and all of this is very soothing on the body. All these foods that I mentioned have a lot of anti-inflammatory properties within them. So it's going to help soothe things over time if you're consistent with these things. Um, but you're, it's going to help soothe things like painful cramping during your cycle over time, shortening your cycles as well. Because the pain and, and heavy periods usually go hand in hand. It actually has to do with a, a chemical being released called prostaglandins in the body that creates that painful response that we have. And when you're bleeding, the more you bleed, the more prostaglandins that are released. So that's why they kind of go together often. And so eating more anti-inflammatory foods is going to help reduce the prostaglandin activity in the body so that you're you're not feeling absolutely miserable during your cycle. Um, so yeah, if you if take away anything from menstrual phase, more warming foods. So salads probably are not the best um, thing to have during this time, like anything cold, um, but more of that warming. It's also just soothing on the, the uterus itself to be eating that way. Um, so yeah, that's, that is the menstrual phase. And so let's say that's for about a week. So, you know, you can, make, make a meal prep for the week and make a big batch of, of soup, you know, to, to make it a little bit easier and not feel so daunting. And you have to make all these meals every single day. Um, even things like oatmeal, you know, in the morning would be nice. Now, tricky thing with oatmeal is I, I don't recommend having like just a regular plain oatmeal that, um, in itself is not very, supportive for your body or your, your hormones, because it's just very carb heavy. But if you throw things in like fruits and you add things in like ground flaxseed, which is totally tasteless, but it just has a lot of anti-inflammatory properties and helps um, you detoxify your estrogen right there. That oatmeal has turned into a, a great supportive hormonal balanced um, meal. And so that's just another, you know, suggestion for like a morning oh, war good. warming food. Yeah. 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 So, so after probably the not the packet and not, yes. not recommending the <laughs> no, no full of yeah. sugar. Yes, exactly. I know that's like a whole, like, yeah, being really, um, no, I always tell everyone I work with, like, you know, just become more familiar with what's on the back of, um, the packaging, like really reading the food labels. And if you're in between two, look at the sugar content and see you're, you'd be amazed at things that you don't even think have sugar that do again, sugar, any added sugar creates inflammation and it's not going to be great on, on our body as a whole, but especially during our menstrual uh, phase. So Leading out of the menstrual phase, we come into the follicular phase, and this can go on for a week and a half, usually. Um, 
maybe a week, week, week and a half, depending on everyone's cycle will be a little bit different. So this is usually the time that you can, um, you find that you're not as hungry as you were during your menstrual phase. And you can go on throughout the day with, with eating more lighter food. So this is a time to eat very light, fresh food. This is, this would be a great time to be eating and eating um, more salads, avocado, which has healthy fats, nuts and seeds also have a lot of healthy fats in there. Um, lean protein. This is all going to help with your energy level as well, which is going to naturally start rising during this time, because it's kind of a time of renewal and creativity, new beginnings as your, your estrogen, your testosterone start to increase. So this is usually why, um, you're feeling a little bit more energized. You can engage in more challenging workouts during this time. And so you can feel fuller with less food, thanks to all these changes that are happening. And so um, really colorful, fresh food is the way to go. Anything that's very colorful is going to, again, have a lot of anti-inflammatory properties, a lot of antioxidants in the body. And this is going to be a way to help set you up for when you have your period again in a month this is where we start really noticing changes. So this is where, you know, why it's important if you're consistent with making these kind of transitions and eating more with, with for your cycle, by the time you get to your next cycle, you may notice, wow, things feel a little bit better. And it's thanks to all of these little changes yeah. that you'd be making. Yep. Hmm, that's good. Yeah. Sounds kind yeah. of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, as at, towards the end of this phase, the appetite will start to increase a little bit. So eating more complex carbs would be a good thing to do. So complex carbs are things like whole grains, um, sweet potatoes, irregular potatoes, squashes. Um, it's going to be that season soon. So that'll be nice to get, get those um, foods and um, to prevent things like bloating as well, adding things like sauerkraut or kimchi, um, kefir to, to your meals as well would be a way to help prevent some bloating from happening too. So um, that's, that's kind of what the follicular phase is all about and why it's important to be, to transition a little bit out of um, the foods that you were eating, you know, during your, your period, um, because you want to really be listening to your body's cues. And, and if you can eat um, less and feel fuller longer. It's about eating the right foods. Because for an example, if you were to have chips, chips are, it's empty calories. You may have heard that phrase, but it, it really, you never really feel full on chips in an hour, you're hungry again. So, you know, I'd rather you eat a whole food that you can actually feel full on with less and fuel you throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense, mm -hmm. but chips are good. I know, I know. All in moderation, all in moderation. But right. just being aware too, you know, is helpful. Like, hey, sometimes yeah. I want the chips, but I know, okay, I'm gonna end up probably having something else um, that's a little bit yeah. more nutritious because it's not gonna. The solution is not to eat more chips to feel hungrier, <laughs> right? <laughs> to feel fuller, I should say. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. So then we move into the ovulatory phase. So this is actually a very short phase in the cycle. It's about 24 to 48 hours long. So the follicular phase builds us up to the ovulatory phase, which is the big shebang where your body, right, will release an egg and you will either, it will either prepare you for pregnancy or not. And so this is a time where your energy actually is usually at its peak, um, thanks to your estrogen peaking and your testosterone increasing as well. And you also have dopamine that's increasing that feel good 
um, hormone in the body, but it's a really short time. And so during this time, eating carbs like sweet potatoes, rice, quinoa, um, starchy veggies, and more heartier breakfasts um, would be a great to start in incorporating. Um, also things like broccoli, cauliflower, um, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, these vegetables are called cruciferous vegetables. And cruci cruciferous veggies are really helpful to promote estrogen detoxification, which is an important process through the body that's supposed to happen each month. And so you know, while estrogen is at its peak right now in the ovulatory phase, we don't want it to stay up very high the entire time because that's going to lead to problems in the future, like heavy periods, painful periods, migraines, acne, all of this a lot of times has to do with having too high of estrogen that's not really going down. So that's why during this time, it's a great time to be incorporating more cruciferous veggies so that we're going to help the body promote the estrogen detoxification process that's supposed to happen after this phase is over. And so um, this will help promote the liver detoxification um, within the body. So I always recommend it, especially if you're don't eat a lot of vegetables to begin with, that if you're going to add things in like broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, that you're um, at least roasting them. I like them roasted because it gives it a little crisp. Yeah, Some me too. Are texture, you know, don't like it to be yeah. soggy. Um, but you don't want to have it raw because that will be a lot on your stomach, especially if you're new to eat, eating more veggies. Um, and then you might feel really like bloated and bad and be like, well, forget this. I don't want to eat any right. of these things. <laughs> yeah. um, but if it's cooked the right way, it could be um, really supportive for the body and for your hormones. Mm -hmm. hmm. That's interesting. So if, if you're not eating the right foods, your body's still going through all of these processes. It's just going to be struggling or creating yeah. more stress or how does that? Yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. So yeah, it could be struggling. It might not just be as supported. And, you know, one of the things I hear often is could be like, oh, well, but I've been eating this way forever. And like, I've never really had a problem and now I do. And like, why is this happening? And that could be exactly it. Sometimes it's you could be eating poorly and your body tries it's our bodies are highly adaptable until they're mm -hmm. not. Right. right. So, and then, and then we hit a wall. And so that wall looks different for everybody, but that's usually what will happen at some point. And so you could be like, Oh, well, I've never had a problem and I've never paid attention to these things. So why does this really matter now? And, and I'm telling you, it will show up in different ways for people. Some, for some women, it's not until that menopausal transition where suddenly it's like, oh my God, everything is just going crazy. I always refer to that kind of as puberty happening again at the end of, you know, the end of the, the cycle. And, um, you know, a lot of times it comes down to poor eating habits and, and stress levels and, and everything just kind of coming to a head. So that's why, you know, becoming more aware of how your cycles changes throughout the month is really going to set you up for just having, feeling better, like in real time, but also helping prevent more mm -hmm. things that don't need to happen. <laughs> things that don't need to be your normal. Well, and the, I mean, there's grace there because it sounds like you do have a lot of control. So even if you're unaware and don't know, and then you hit this wall or you start to see symptoms, you're exhausted, you have headaches, whatever, um, you can fix it. Would you say that Absolutely. I mean, at yes. any point you can make changes and it makes, it kind of creates immediate benefit. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and I always say like, people have way more power over their health and their body than I think they're led to believe. And, um, you know, we put so much power sometimes in, in doctors and in medicine, and there's absolutely a place for sure. sure. But, um, I think, um, we jump too quickly to those things before kind of looking at within and seeing where within we can maybe show up a little bit better, treat ourselves a little bit kinder, you know, as we would a child. And yeah. I always, you know, especially for my moms that I, I work with, you know, it's frequently putting everybody else first, taking care of the kids and the house and the pets and the husband and partner, whoever. And it's like, well, what about them? You know? Yeah. And so I, I reframe that of, well, would you treat your child in the way that you're treating yourself? Mm-hmm. That's always a no, no, <laughs> no way. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is so, so hard to put yourself first as a mom. That's definitely something I've learned in the past year, maybe a little bit more. It's like, no, I have nothing to give them unless I put myself first Mm -hmm. and it changes everything, you know, Mm -hmm. beyond nutrition, just in many ways, when we care for ourselves and show up for ourselves, it changes the whole dynamic of the family. Absolutely. Yeah. Then you you show up better. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Fourth phase. phase. Yes. So fourth phase is the luteal phase. So this phase is about um, usually about two weeks and it brings you right until your next period. And so this is a time where your estrogen and your testosterone start to decline, which is normal. And your progesterone starts to rise. So progesterone is known as our keep calm hormone. And so, um, Typically, if if your hormones are balanced, you should actually feel pretty good during this phase. And so severe PMS, which would happen towards the end of this phase, would be an indication that your progesterone level could be a a bit lower than it it should be, um, so that you're not experiencing debilitating PMS symptoms. Again, not normal to feel that way. So this, because your progesterone is increasing and it's kind of your keep calm hormone, it's a time of more slowness, sensitivity, really getting good with your self-care during this time. Um, And so during this phase, there's a higher chance of sugar crashes. So you want to make sure that you're eating uh, more protein and, and Uh, higher protein, higher fat, um, lower carb meals. So what does that look like? That would look like just as an example, as a snack, you can do peanut butter and um, banana or peanut butter and apple as a snack. That's great because you have a fiber, you have a protein, um, you have um, a low carb, you know, it's not like a, a white rice, white bread, white pasta. Those are kind of the things you really want to avoid during this time, because all that's going to do is get converted into sugar in the body. And because you're more sensitive to a sugar crash, you get a high dose of the sugar and then it crashes. And that looks like really erratic mood changes. So, you know, feeling very like irritable, um, or just mood swings, um, low energy, like your energy is insanely low, could be really low during this time. If you are not eating in a way to support the body to prevent those sugar crashes from happening. So this is definitely the time. Yeah. So you don't want to be skipping meals, especially in this phase, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. And so so, go ahead. Well, what, oh, you said, what did you say? Eat more protein and more 
fat. And yeah, higher fat. So higher healthy fat. So that's things again, like avocado, uh, nuts and seeds, um, a high quality fish um, would also be good. Dark chocolate is great to have. It's full of antioxidants. Uh, you want to make sure it has um, a high cacao count and it's not like milk chocolate. Um, <laughs> but but true dark chocolate is, is actually a great uh, little snack to have. Um, other things during this phase, again, roasted veggies, all the roasted veggies. So sweet potatoes, carrots, beets, um, parsnips, onions. I like to do like I do a sheet pan of all the different um, veggies that I have on hand and just put them in. The I don't oven. even know what a parsnip looks like. <laughs> I, really don't. <laughs> I don't know if I personally eaten those, but um, <laughs> all like the root vegetables are, are really um, good to, to yeah. incorporate during this phase. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited to try all of these things. It feels so empowering. It feels mm-hmm. like a challenge. I'm competitive. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, honestly, the hardest part is knowing which phase you're in. Like, yes. I don't really understand that. It's so, it's a little bit foggy to me. Yeah. So the, the easy thing to do would be like, let's say, for example, today, let's start with tomorrow. Tomorrow is September 1st. That was day one of your period. Your period comes September 1st. You have it for five days. After those five days, you're now in the follicular phase. And so the follicular phase would happen for about a week after. So if you looked on a calendar, you can start kind of looking like, oh, okay. And so typically in a, if, if a woman has a 28 day cycle, which is your average now, that's, that's not always the case. And there's nothing wrong if you have it, that it's not 28 days, but let's just for all, for purposes of this, um, then the average time that you ovulate is on day 14, kind of in the middle of that cycle. And so if you kind of plop, so it'd be September 14th in this case would be ovulation for our example. And so then you can, now you can kind of plug things in, right? September 1st to the 5th is your menstrual phase. After that, you have your follicular phase until September 14th. And then from September 14th, to your next period, which would be October 1st, would be your luteal phase mm-hmm. for like a general sense, you know, um, yeah. give or take a day or two. And so that is kind of a way to start kind of, and yeah. then, and start eating with your, you know, with those, um, estimated phases and notice how you feel. Yeah. I'm sure once you start looking at it, you notice more detail. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Well, mm-hmm. this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I think everyone's going to love it. And yeah. thank you so much for sharing all of it. Oh, thank oh. you so much for having me. I think I need to make an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Guys, I know that you've loved that as much as I did. I just need to listen to it over and over. Wouldn't it be cool if we just had this tribe of us who just got together and talked about what we need to be eating that week. And maybe that's kind of weird. I don't know, but it just would be cool to go on this health journey together about making our whole lives well, our mental or physical or spiritual and just doing it together. That sounds like dream life to me. Um, so yeah, let me know what you thought about today. Give Deanna a call, set up that appointment. And will you do me a favor? The greatest gift, you know, I've Put a lot into this dream life, into this podcast, and I love it so much. Just stepping out and being true to 
to my heart and what God has placed makes me feel alive and successful. And I really feel like I'd love to share it a little bit more and I'd love to see it spread. And so would you share it with at least one person or would you like screenshot it and put it in your story and tag me and then I can share it. And wouldn't that be so fun? And I just would love to help other people see what's happening in our little secret corner of the world. I hope that you guys are growing and just finding more joy in your life. So I love you. I'll see you later.